Oddity Files is part of the Just What I Needed network, and we hope we're just what you needed. Oddity Files. All things creepy, cryptic, otherworldly. Guess who's back? <laughs> back again. <laughs> Kitsy and Nick are back. <laughs> Tell a friend. <laughs> you know, it's timeless. It really is. You know, there's nothing more motivating than Slim Shady slash Marshall Mathers slash Eminem. You're right. You know, very, he, very motivating. He came from Eight Mile. Is that what it's called? I went out last year out that way. And like all the streets are named like a number and a mile out there. I was like, ooh, are we close to Eight Mile? I mean, I was so white when I said it, but <laughs> I was pretty excited. I'm like, oh, Marshall Mathers might have been out here. I had such a crush on him. Stupid, <sighs> stupid, stupid. Early 2000s shit. Did you have a crush on him or did you have a crush on Devin Sawa who played him in the Stan music video? I don't remember the music video. It's all right. To be perfectly honest. No, I just liked that he was so brash and gave no fucks. Oh, yeah. And I, I'm more attracted to personality types than I am looks, if that makes any sense whatsoever. Yeah. It makes total sense. Okay. Yeah, I feel like um, it's so funny. Looking back at like him coming up, I mean, I was I was but a young lad, but on his kind of come up and the things he he would say that was so offensive, and like now, I feel like we've gone backwards a bunch in terms of like what's okay to say, what's not okay, and all that. But I feel like he's fighting to still be the most offensive person in the room, which is so strange that like he was in a time where like. We were open to that, even though it was edgy, but like now we're not open to that. And he's trying to stay on top of like, I want to be the most offensive person. <laughs> like, it makes no sense. Have we heard from him lately? Yeah, he put a, a he dropped a surprise album uh, a couple weeks ago. Oh, he and Taylor Swift are just dropping albums out of the blue. Look at that. <gasps> They'd be the perfect couple. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not really. But this is Oddity Files, Mm -hmm. the podcast. I'm Kitsy Duncan. And I'm Nick Floyd. And we are, you know, setting up the perfect match between R&B and, and, no, that's hip hop. And is she country? Is she pop? What is Taylor Swift? She's Taylor Swift now. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, she's she's her. I I love that we kind of drop a couple, like, pop culture tidbits. Um occasionally on this paranormal podcast it's pretty great oh you have to but i'm gonna draw it into some pop culture some happening right here right now and paranormal i have been binging the discovery plus all fucking day oh you're on the discovery plus i am i opt 6.99 a month with no commercials great i can drop cable those are the only networks i watch yeah it's the ID network and the travel channel. So I'm saving $70 a month. It's it's pretty crazy that you can build your own. I mean, we all saw it coming, but you can like build your own cable yeah. package. It's pretty wild, to be honest. Still. It's it's kind of amazing and it can get out of hand. It really can. I um my Chris and I have been go- binging the fuck out of HBO Max. Oh, it's ridiculous. That's my favorite. So good. Yep. That's that's like my go-to service now. Like Netflix is, I'm going to watch the new, uh, I mean, well, I guess this comes out this week because we're back uh, a week on schedule, but Nicolas Cage came out with a new show on Netflix called The History of Swear Words that came out today. What? Yeah. And it's just a, like a documentary with a bunch of comedians and he's the host. So it's like Ripley's Believe It or Not. Hosted by Nicolas Cage about the history of bad words. It sounds fucking magical. Yeah. I am. <laughs> I needed it in my life. But other than that, I mean, that defeats the purpose, the point of what I was trying to say. Uh, I, I've been watching a lot of HBO Max. Netflix has been a little 
um, unsatisfactory in the entertainment front, but I'm returning to Netflix yeah. today slash this week to watch uh, the new Nicolas Cage show because that's who I want in my life. Well, good. I returned to Netflix for a few, it was like pretty much one day and then an hour the next day to binge the entire final season of Sabrina. Uh. And I'm sad and I'm fulfilled and it was a good run, guys. I love that show so much and I'm going to miss it. Yeah, I saw um, on uh, Pollyanna McIntosh's Instagram, she was in the final season. I know. Yeah. Yeah, she was. And she was just Pollyanna and amazing. (laughs) So it was so exciting. Yeah, it was it was good. Um I mean the kids are getting older. She can't play sixteen forever. There's no way they can you know, I know there's petitions going on and and I'm sure, you know, I always get her name wrong who plays Sabrina, so I'm not even gonna try. Kiernan Shipka. Kiernan Kiernan Shipka. Yeah, Yeah. that's it. Yeah, I really butchered that. But, you know, I'm sure she wants to do other things. So you guys can sign your petition. I thought it ended well. And sometimes we just have to let go, people. Yeah, I mean, it's so funny because you, you many moons ago you had these TV shows that, these sitcoms and things where you'd follow, like, you had Third Rock from the Sun, and then you had, like, later in life, you had Two and a Half Men. Like, you... No matter how long the show was on, 12, 15, 20 seasons, you were watching this family grow up, so it was okay. But then, you know, because they can just, boom, they go on set, they shoot, they're done. But you have, like, Walking Dead, you have Sabrina, you have Game of Thrones, where these massive shows take so long, and the kids jump in ages uh, substantially. And that's where it's like, TV's great. I love a good television show. I would prefer more like Queen's Gambit miniseries type things or like uh, His Dark Materials on HBO Max. Give me that stuff. It's super cool. And it's like two, three seasons, sometimes even one season. You're in, you're out. That's it. I want a Sabrina movie with Kieran and Shipka as Sabrina. That's what I want to watch. Because I can watch it over and over again. Finish it off. Yeah. Finish it off. Be done. Yeah. Genius. Because it would be cool. Um, And that's why like TV's great, but movies... Will always be oh, forever. They all, they're forever. You don't have to worry about people aging unless you're doing like it chapter two and you got to like digitally de-age the kids. <laughs> exactly. That's weird. But um, yeah. Speaking of HBO Max, so and since you you are binging it, have you watched Ghosts yet? Ghosts. The no. BBC. Uh-uh. Oh, is that the one you were talking so about? So good. Like, end of last year. No, 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 no. I've got that on my list, too. So Ghosts is two seasons right now. It came out on BBC America-ish, but now it's on HBO Max, and that's the only way I could figure out how to watch it. Um, So good. So good. Two seasons, maybe one. Um, but it's continuing and it's, it's very well done. It's British humor, which is my fucking favorite. Oh, yeah. I love a snarky Brit. But yeah, so well done. I highly recommend it. It's it's a quick watch. I think it is only one season right now, so it's super quick to watch. Oh yeah, but those super fun as those well. Those British shows are like six to eight episodes. They're all so short. But uh, they're, they're like half hour episodes too. Yeah, I need to watch that. Before we segue out of this segue, if we're talking about Max. I want to take a second and I want to talk about Mini for a minute. Um, I recently it was time for me to upgrade my phone my mobile my mobile device and i've always been a huge in the corner of like we we don't we don't need to have ipads for phones phones should be small where this is the future like that's how i've always been and i had the iphone xr um and i recently upgraded uh yesterday to the iphone mini and it's very small and i'm very happy because i can just i can just hold the whole thing in my hand it's a magic. What is that lens flare that's going on there? I don't know. I think <laughs> it's like nuts. infrared camera. I think, I think it's this... your face recognition. <sighs> yeah. That that that's is so blasting cool. on my face every time. <laughs> oh. That looks like some sci-fi shit there. That's some radiation. Um, 
Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I'm so happy. I can I'm like giddy texting people like I'm typing with one hand right now. It's crazy. Uh very very happy. Very blown away. Uh and I'm I am so happy to be back on like the small phone game and uh everyone else should too. <laughs> They were getting so teeny tiny. I mean, we were heading towards Zoolander. We really, truly were. And then all of a sudden, they just started getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger again. And, like, I think that some of the androids pretty much were tablets yeah. for phones. They're huge. And that was my bi- that was my, uh, yeah. my thing is I had the XR, which was, like, 6.1-inch screen or whatever. And the iPhone 12, like, the standard... Uh, was 6.4. And I was like, you're telling me this is going to be 0.3 more inches bigger? I don't want this in my pocket. Like, I, 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 I'm, I'm six foot three. I have freakishly large hands and feet. I want to feel like things are small in my hands. I don't want to feel like <laughs> things are too big. <laughs> See, myself being a five foot eight female which is tall for a female i like things to make me feel tiny so that's why i have a six foot four husband i I like a big phone in my hand it makes me feel like i'm smaller than i actually have and here i am probably shrinking at this point in my life so i don't even have to worry about it anymore (laughs) i feel like i've probably shrunk like two two inches uh just, I mean, look at the way I'm sitting right now. I'm just like, <laughs> I know. I've been thinking about that so much sitting in the last year. It's stupid. Okay, so I went over Ghost on HBO Max. I went over Discovery. Oh, so <laughs> on Discovery Plus, I do. I have to every week, or I forget everything. So on Discovery Pl- Plus. I was very, I I started, you know, watching Mysteries at the Museum so I could swoon over, you know, Don Wildman, as I love to do, which every season is on there. But I watched the Ghost Adventures Discovery Plus exclusive episode, which was an investigation of the Cecil Hotel. Oh. Oh. Not only did they hit on Richard Ramirez, who was the serial killer who lived there. Yeah. It's a two-parter. I'm only going to go over the first part because it's it's everything that's us. Well, they both were, actually. But then he... Is it Elsa Lamb? Was that her name? Elisha Lamb? Ilsa Lamb? The lady floating in the water tank. Uh, I thought it was Elisa. Ilsa. Maybe it was Ilsa. Elisa, yeah. Yeah, Elisa Lamb. No, it's, you're right. You... you you, I always trust your judgment on names rather than Don't I trust am. me. <laughs> um, so the, one of the spirit box said her name. Oh. And he got in the elevator and played the goddamn elevator game. I almost hyperventilated because I was so nervous for him. What's the elevator <laughs> game? So th- did I tell you about this when you did the Ilsa Lamb story or not? But it's so you press buttons in the elevator oh, in a certain succession yes and it's supposed to take you to it's supposed to open up a portal or take you to a different dimension or something like this but when you get to a certain floor a lady is supposed to join you and you're not supposed to acknowledge her if you acknowledge her you're out you, they the, sent portals you off somewhere else and the game's done and he was apparently he had never heard of the the elevator game before because he's like, okay, I've got to do this, and he presses the button, and then he, he open the door opens to the whatever floor it was, and he's he goes, oh my god, I just felt this cold air rush in like somebody just walked past me, and he looked at the thing, he's like, oh, a lady's supposed to join me on this floor, and I'm not supposed to acknowledge her. <laughs> it's oh. so good. So fun. It was old school ghost adventures at its best. So I highly recommend it if you guys do get Discovery Plus um, to check out. It is an exclusive on there. And Zach is, you know, he's always bringing it to a new level. I would never, ever, ever play the elevator game, especially in the Cecil Hotel. Yeah, that's pretty wild. Um, Also, why has no one gone back and investigated since, uh, like, a second time? I don't know. Maybe I don't know, but I guess he he they were allegedly the only team that was welcomed in, and they shut the entire place down for them. So uh, that tells me he bought the building because he's Zach Baggins. Yeah, 
He probably. I think there's a certain point where you got to shut things down and say like, "I'll buy out the ro- you know all the rooms for the night," and he's probably the only one who's got that kind of cash money. Oh yeah. Plus, I I feel like he bought the fucking hotel. Did he? I don't know. I haven't seen it on TMZ yet. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> or it was, you know, changing hands because it was like some major hotel chain had it for a hot minute. And it was nice to see the inside. It wasn't as nasty and gross as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. So there's that. <laughs> <laughs> On that note. Yeah, exactly. Uh, real quick, this week there was a, an episode of Get Scared podcast that went out. That the story was loosely based on Oddity Files, the podcast, and a couple characters named Regina and Rick were the hosts of the show, Raging Paranormal, and they were loosely based on Nick and myself, with a serial killer named Walter Floyd Duncan. Oh. So, definitely check it out. (laughs) Oh, well then. It was actually really done. It was really well done. It was fun. Daniel Kiniston had written it, so he's a longtime fan of Oddity Files, and he submitted a story and did a really good job. So head on over to Get Scared Podcast on all your podcast apps and check it out. Um, Let's throw things over to Ms. Fortune for this week's astrology forecast, shall we? Hey there, oddballs. It's Jess from Misfortune Astrology, back with another energy forecast. Happy New Year. 2021 starts off right with a gentle sextile between Mercury at 18 degrees of Capricorn and Neptune at 18 degrees of Pisces. This aspect favors relaxation and creative pursuits, so kick back with your favorite music or movie and ease into this new year. You've earned it. Heightened intuition and vivid dreams often accompany this energy as well, making today great for exploring the more spiritual side of life if you're so inclined. This weekend, the sky is quiet while the moon moves through Virgo. Virgo energy is great for organizing. Use it to clean out anything that doesn't serve you in the coming year. 2020 dumped a lot of baggage on us, and Virgo's influence through Monday can help with purging. Get rid of old text messages, clean out your inbox, meal plan, or follow through with that resolution to start exercising more. Monday evening finds Mercury in a conjunction with Pluto at 24 degrees of Capricorn. Expect a fair amount of intensity if this one hits your chart. Mercury conjunct Pluto penetrates to the depths of thoughts and communication, so it's great for uncovering secrets or getting to the bottom of troubling issues. Just make sure you're prepared for what you might find during your dumpster dive, because Pluto doesn't play and he most certainly doesn't spare feelings. Anyone who is prone to anxiety should make relaxation a priority during this conjunction, as Pluto amps up paranoia and the tendency to obsess. Intrusive thoughts may be especially persistent on Monday, but it should be short-lived because Mercury passes through quickly. 2020 was a tough year for our personal planets Mercury, Venus, and Mars. All three of these planets went retrograde in 2020, one after the other, adding an extra layer of annoyance to an already absurd astrological year. Within the first week of 2020, all three of these planets changed signs, giving us an opportunity to start the year with fresh energy. First up, Mars moves into Taurus on Wednesday the 6th. Mars, who usually spends about six weeks in each sign, has been in Aries for almost six months because of his retrograde. Believe it or not, that cycle only winds up on the 5th, and Mars changes lanes the very next day. Mars isn't particularly happy in Taurus, where he's forced to take a more slow and steady approach than he's used to. Still, his move into a new sign will be a welcome change for those of us who are exhausted from burning the candle at both ends since he entered Aries last July. Mars exits Taurus for Gemini on March 3rd. On Friday the 8th, Mercury moves into Aquarius and Venus moves into Capricorn. Mercury is exalted and very happy in Aquarius, and he's going to be there for quite a while due to his upcoming retrograde, which starts at the end of January. This transit favors thinking outside the box and speaking your mind, no matter how others might react. Aquarius is the sign of rebellion and revolution, and there's about to be a major pig pile there. Don't be surprised if things on the national stage start to heat up significantly through the winter. Mercury won't enter Pisces until March 15th this year. And finally, Venus in Capricorn sees our planet of love, money, and values taking on a cautious and responsible tone. There's nothing flashy at all about this transit. Venus in Capricorn seeks stability and responsibility within her love relationships and is both frugal and practical with her money. Keeping your wits about you will be pretty easy with Venus in Capricorn, where she stays until February 1st. 
If you're interested in what the stars have to say for you, please check out my website at misfortuneastrology.com. I offer many different types of tarot and astrology readings, and you can also help support my small business by checking out my shop, where I sell handmade crystal jewelry, candles, and lots of other cool merch. For daily horoscopes and plenty of inappropriate humor, come find me on social media at misfortune1111. Ciao for now. Dun, dun, dun. And we're back. Thank you so much, Miss Fortune. <laughs> Appreciate the shit out of you because, you know, now I can plan my week. So I know, you know, what days not to push my husband's buttons. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> yes, Jess, Ms. Fortune, you are amazing. We appreciate you. You kids listening at home, be sure you check out Oddity Files crew on YouTube. All three seasons of the TV show are now available there. And speaking of Nick's hair that I'm watching on this <laughs> Zoom video conference right now, you guys should check out our Patreon. It's <laughs> patreon.com slash oddityfiles. I, Nick, ordered another retro mystical game off of eBay recently, and uh-huh. I did an unboxing of it on the Patreon. Uh-huh. It's called, God damn it, hold on, let me grab it. <laughs> It's the prediction rod. Oh, that does Make not sound like a game. I was going to say, that sounds like uh, <laughs> something that you, uh, you know, um, yeah, that you find in a, one of those shops. Uh, <laughs> you see those exits. Battery operated. <laughs> Battery <laughs> Batteries not included. You have to get those at the register. There you go. <laughs> There you go. Um, So I did find some interesting paranormal in the news. And the headline reads, this is from king5.com, which is, it looks like a NBC station out of Washington. The headline is, haunting on lane one, Poyalup Bowling Alley has a ghost that keeps on rolling. So Daffodil Bowl has been around since the 50s, and its owner says that due to the pandemic closures, they've been able to experience things they believe must be paranormal. So it's just the owner and his daughter hanging out there during these days where, you know, you can't have groups of people in your place of business anymore, and they keep hearing you know, they're like off in their offices and they keep hearing somebody bowling out there. And they go and they look and there's nobody bowling. And then they ask some employees about it. They're like, yeah, this place has been haunted forever, man. What? <laughs> Welcome to the club. Oh, my gosh. I wonder I wonder if they're, if they're not the only ones like movie theaters and bowling alleys and arcade. Like, I wonder if there's. Some newly uh, experienced hotels, too, even if people aren't staying in hotels as frequently. Airports, less people. Oh, absolutely. That's really interesting. And I don't know why that hasn't been brought up any sooner in the seven months we've been in quarantine. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is the first time I found an article like this. But yeah, it really is kind of food for thought. These people that are, are used to having, you know, so much going on at their place of business. And now that there's not, it's, you know, because we had touched on people are home all the time and maybe they're realizing their houses are haunted. But businesses, the exact same thing. Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty fascinating um, to think about. I mean, I know last week we talked about like, People being home and and alien, you know, the whole monolith thing with aliens being like, people are inside. We can now do our experiments. Hooray! No one will know we're here. And then people being out anyway. Yeah, to talk about like ghosts and spirits and in places that maybe people like museums as well. Uh, I mean, want to go to there? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, think about it. Like all the different museums in the country. I mean, like, immediately my mind goes to, like, the Winchester Mystery House in California. It's like, that place is already haunted anyway. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But someone has to be there to maintain it. And when a place like that goes untouched by civilians for so, like, such an extended period of time, are there the hauntings more frequent and aggressive? Yeah. (laughs) 
or are 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 they are they just building their energy up and and just doing? You know, there's no rules, you know, like yeah. the Little Caesars commercial. <laughs> oh my God, maybe who knows? That's just, really interesting. Even like a Smithsonian, how many of those items may or may not be haunted themselves? Yeah, yeah, that's what I want to know. Or even like museums that showcase haunted things. Yeah, like what's that like? I don't know. I think we should just go. I got an RV. Let's just take off. Done. Oh, guys. uh, Don't forget to check out all of our socials. Just go to one place. It's flow.page slash oddity files. You can find all the stuff and all the things there. I believe Nick went first story-wise last time. Have we already been recording for 45 minutes? We That can't be right. No, that's not right at all. 23 minutes. Oh, I've been logged on to Zoom for 45 Okay. Shoo! I was okay. going to say. It's like, goddamn time. Flies. And we're done. All right. See you next week on yeah. Oddity Files. <laughs> <laughs> Stories next week. Thanks, guys. We'll we've, just talk about TV. We've done time. it again. We've done it again. <laughs> Oh. Okay, so I I know Nick went first last week, right, with the monoliths and yes. and aliens and stuff and things. Yes. So I've got I've got something I've kind of wanted to cover, but I didn't realize how deep it went for a very long time. So I've it, it's pretty long, and I may just kind of make this a two-parter for next week. Do you think I could do that? Are you talking about your story or the prediction rod? Oh! Oh! bump <laughs> Sorry. Oh, you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it had just to be you done. Wait. You can make it dirty again here in just a second. Oh, yes. Okay, you may have heard or may not have heard, but our newest podcast partner... It's freaking chewy, guys. I know. We we talk about our pets all the time, and we kind of love our pets a little too much, just like you guys. But we're always looking for ways to save money in these current financial times. Chewy's it. Type in tinyurl.com slash OFChewy. You help support the podcast. I personally get both our dog's food and our dog's treats and a couple other things sent on a monthly basis directly from Chewy with their subscription service. So please check it out. Please help us out by subscribing to all of your Chewy goods at tinyurl.com slash OF Chewy. My dogs will thank you. Extra, extra, read all about it. Okay, so that was lame. But we have a new merch store, my friends. Head on over to tpublic.com slash stores slash oddity dash files. Guys, we've got everything there. We're still adding more. The prices are much more cost effective there. And this store is so easy to navigate. What are you waiting for? Head on over to tpublic.com slash stores slash oddity dash files. Get your merch on. Need more scares in your life? Well, duh, we've got you. Just head over to tinyurl.com slash get shutter and you'll automatically get seven days free of this all horror, all the time, streaming network. From their endless selection of the best in horror, the original programming and exclusive content to their flexible membership plans. Shudder is exactly what you need. Plans start at under five bucks a month, and yes, you can cancel at any time. I mean, what are you waiting for? tinyurl.com slash get shutter tinyurl.com slash get shutter g-e-t-s-h-u-d-d-e-r let's get scared for those of us brash americans that think something dirty when we hear the phrase the tube yep looking right at you nick <laughs> across the pond in jolly old england it's what they call their amazing subway system. <laughs> I'm going to move some windows around. <laughs>
<laughs> I, I literally, I was just like, oh yeah, here we go. Listen, I am a well-traveled individual, therefore the tube to me uh, is a subway station. <laughs> I don't I'm going to take the tube. I wish I could tube. do a British accent. Me too. I can't. I can't. Oh, I wish. Okay. And along the lines that everything is haunted in the UK, I came across some haunted tube stations with some super creepy stories to go along with them. And those stories go a little something like this. So you just let me know which of these stations you've been to, sir. Oh. And I can't remember any of the names of any of the stations I was at, so I won't. I can't. Um, <laughs> I know one. I know one station. Which one? Paddington Station. That's one I went to. Yes. And because you think of Paddington Bear. And Camden Camden Road? And That's Trafalgar, I think, had a station as well. I think Trafalgar I Station. So, but I live near a Trafalgar, so I think that's why I thought I didn't go there. Maybe. Trafalgar was like the main one when we were in London. That was always the the main one that we'd go to from the outskirts of London into the city city. I think Trafalgar yeah. Station's sort oh, of where King's we went. Cross. Yeah. I don't Let's know. Let's go into <laughs> first. We're going to go into the Liverpool Street Station oh, yeah. in the city of London. The story goes, if you're in this station late at night, you might possibly see a man in overalls patrolling the station. One of the more popular stories about the specter comes courtesy of some workers working at the Liverpool Street Station in 2000. They even believe they captured the ghost on CCTV. Allegedly, one worker watches the surveillance camera and saw it while his co-worker went to go check on the man. They're like, what is he doing here? And the co-worker came back and said he found no one in the area. But the other guy swears he saw the guy that went to go check on the dude in the coveralls. He saw him talking to him. But his friend is like, no, there's nobody down there. Who would I have spoke to? So... Is that a glitch in the matrix or is that actually a, a ghost? Hmm. That's a million dollar question. <laughs> exactly. It's just fucking weird. It's exactly <laughs> what it is. The station was rumored to be built on a mass burial site, which was just a bit cliche. However, this turned out to be true as over 3,000 skeletons were unearthed there in 2015. The remains of plague victims who had been buried during the Black Death. That was unearthed in 2015. That explains our new plague. Anyway, um, perhaps there's, <laughs> perhaps they are some of the other figures that show up on camera from time to time at that exact same location. Um, but it doesn't explain the coverall clad gentleman, now does it? Next up, we have Bank Station. For years and years, there have been sightings of a sinister figure cloaked in black that stalks passengers awaiting their train. Oh. She's known as the Black Nun. Nope, I'm out. <laughs> Sorry, I know we've got a little bit of delay and I just wanted to hear you laugh. <laughs> she said to walk the tunnels and mourn her executed brother who worked at the old bank, which gave the station its name. But the tunnel is also known for a putrid smell from time to time, which is a thing on, in American subway stations. You yes. know, it's the norm from what I gather, not that I've been in New York subway stations, but not in tube stations. They're so clean, it's ridiculous, you could almost eat off the floor in them. But the <laughs> smell can be explained by the fact that the bank station was also built on top of a mass grave. Are we sensing a theme here? Uh, Did nobody do the research? No. Yeah, that's that sounds like that sounds like good old American architecture right there. It does. Americans must have planned that shit. Yeah. It's like it's like roads winding around the mountain. It's like in other when you're in other places, it's like, oh, there's a hole straight through that mountain because we're just gonna blow through it. It's easier that way. Oh, next up we've got Farrington Station. On quiet nights, blood-curdling screams can be heard around Farrington, echoing up and down the corridors. Again, that's going to get a nope from me. 
Reports of these terrifying sounds are remarkably frequent throughout the years. The screaming is rumored to be the work of Ann Naylor, an apprentice hat maker. Hat maker? Hello, Chicago. An apprentice hat maker who was murdered by her employer in 1758. Why did she choose to haunt Farrington Station, though? The station sits on the spot where her body was unceremoniously. Yeah? Ceremoniously? Ceremoniously? Yeah. Ceremoniously? Yeah. Dumped, and as the result, the screaming specter frequents the station to this day. Wow. Yeah. Murder causes ghosts. Everybody knows that. That's why you burn the body. (laughs) Let me me side note, step up on my soapbox type deal here. Why does the world assume that if you burn a body, it's not going to come back and haunt? I've never understood that. If you... If you burn the body? Yeah, allegedly you don't get ghosts if you burn. Like, Supernatural, that's huge. Isn't that why Vikings did the the flaming, floating uh, funerals? I think. I don't even know. I mean... Have you heard that before, or is it just me? <laughs> I feel like the Viking situation was that you did you put them to rest at sea, and the reason why they were lit on fire is to not have a boat with a corpse floating (laughs) indefinitely or else there would be a sea. So what they would do is they would send them out to sea to pass and send it out on a wooden boat and the the wooden boat would catch fire and then it would just burn and sink to the sea with the corpse. Um, Okay. But they were put to rest at sea even though they were still like lit on fire and burned to a crisp. So... (laughs) But as far as that goes, like you burned, if you burn the body, there's no spirit that allegedly, gets- according to like Supernatural, the TV show, and I've, I thought I had, I'm sure it's only been in TV shows and and movies that I've heard this, but you guys tweet at us or or post something in the Facebook group. Is this really a thing, or am I just getting so old? I'm starting to make shit up in my head. I feel like it makes sense from like a witch perspective. It's like if you burn the witch, then the witch loses all of the power and stuff. Uh, but still, I don't. Yeah. I don't know. That's a it good. It must th- be a supernatural thing. Maybe the show Supernatural. Yeah. The fictional TV show. The fictional TV okay. show. That one. Yeah. I mean, anything is possible. <laughs> Just clarify. Okay. Liz, anything is possible. I'll prove that later in this episode. But I'm okay. maybe. Gotcha. Maybe. Yeah, you guys let us know. We've got a tweeter, we've got a twatter, we've got an Instagram. Let us know somewhere if this is like legit a fact. If you, well, it, it's not because I don't believe that it's really a thing. I believe if you're going to haunt shit, you, you burn my fucking body. I'm still coming back. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, but yes, I want to know more about that. Okay, next up, we have, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, <laughs> Covent Garden. Since the station first opened its doors, there have been stories of a tall man in a hat and a cloak wandering the corridors after dark. It has terrified some two workers so much that they request to be moved to a less haunted underground station. Can you imagine? I know most of the tube stations are haunted, but you're like, excuse me, sir. Can I move to a less haunted tube station? This one is far too haunted for me. Thank you very much. That was terrible, but I tried. I feel like the station, uh, we came and visited you and Chris. You were staying somewhere at a hotel in, in the London area. And it was like connected to a train state, like an actual large station. You looked out the yeah, window. That was um, King's Cross. Okay, so you stayed at the you were at King's Cross, yeah. Because you, I remember we looked mm-hmm. out your window, and the whole thing was like modeled after the old trains, and there was literally a train outside of your window. Yeah. <laughs> so was that place haunted? I was hoping so. To be perfectly <laughs> honest, <laughs> actually, I believe yes, it is. It's later in the story. You guys may get it next week. I may finish it this week because I just lost my place. Um, so. 
this charming character, the guy with the hat and the cloak, is reportedly the actor William Terriss, who was murdered in 1897. Before his untimely demise, he used to frequent the bakery that once stood on the site of the Covent Garden Station and now stalks the corridors instead. Whether he's looking to avenge his death or to simply angry at his lack of cronuts, well, I feel ya. His apparition isn't giving anyone the warm and fuzzies anytime soon. Next up, Bethel Green Station. There have been some ghostly goings on out in the East End, and there's truly a sad story behind them. Workers at Bethel Green Station have heard children sobbing, women screaming, and the general sound of panic. Usually this starts quietly and then rises to the sound of a cacophony, totally paste and cut that, leaving anyone who hears it understandably terrified. It can all be traced back to a dark night in March 1943, as one of the deepest stations in East London, Bethel Green, was doubling as an air raid shelter when the Nazi Air Force circled for an attack Hearing sirens, residents streamed down the steps into what they thought would be safety of the station, and tragedy struck when an anti-aircraft gun went off nearby and started a panic rush, which led to a stampede, and 173 people died in the ensuing crush. And the screams still echo around Bethel Green today. Wow. That's horrifying and tragic. Okay, so I am going to cut it there, and I am going to make this a two-parter. Next week, I'll cover Elephant and Castle, King's Cross, South Kensington, Adelgate, and I may throw in a couple more because I know there were more. And that's so as I'm editing this, I'll know which ones to tell next week. But my wingmen for our haunted tube stations were CNN.com, MyLondon.News, the Secret London website, and Londonist.com. Wow. Wow. Good stuff. I know we both love London so much, so I I thought that was a fun one. I, yes, I adore it uh, very much so. I am super excited about our latest podcast partner, which is Bones Coffee Company. Coffee isn't just a drink that wakes you up in the morning. It's an experience. When you brew a pot of Bones Coffee Company coffee, They want you to have the best experience you've ever had. They only roast carefully selected beans to perfection in small batches to ensure that you get the freshest coffee delivered straight to your door. The care given to each of those small batches is evidenced through the rich, full-bodied, and exceptionally smooth taste you'll get out of every cup of Bones Coffee Company you drink. You guys, this is amazing. First and foremost, I love coffee. I love wine and I love bourbon, but I love coffee. So check it out and help out the podcast. Go to tinyurl.com slash bonescoffee. Get your coffee fix and help out your favorite podcast. We appreciate you. So guys, have you heard of paraboxmonthly.com? Get ready for this. It's kind of cool. Every box contains an amazing soft style paranormal t-shirt and a content card. These items also contain a hidden password. Okay, once discovered, it'll open up a new mystery online. How cool is that? If you can solve their challenge, you'll be entered into a monthly drawing for free merchandise. So cool. So here's all you need to do. You head to paraboxmonthly.com and add promo code oddityfiles. And you're set. Check it out. It's paraboxmonthly.com, promo code oddityfiles. Check it out. Sorry, I'm doing one little, okay, here we go. I'm doing one little piece of research. I had to alter a a thing in in zero hour here. Uh, Oh, Gotcha. Um, 
Super excited. Breaking news. People. Breaking news. Aliens are real. No. <laughs> okay. So this was a tricky one for me because I was like, I kind of knew what I wanted to do. I was feeling it. And I know I rambled a lot last week, but this was one of these situations where just like a few minutes ago when we were talking about the show Supernatural and if it's on a fictional TV show, maybe we should question if it's real or not. Uh, this might prove that to be incorrect, actually. There's a movie that just came out. Uh, it's one of the first movies to release in 2021. It's a movie called Shadow in the Cloud, uh, starring Chloe Grace Moretz from the movie Kick-Ass and uh, several others. And the movie is uh, part war movie, part creature feature about... Uh, a World War II captain of a B-17 bomber who has to deliver a top-secret package, but she's caught off guard when she finds out that in her plane uh, is a creature that she has to also fight off. Oh. I haven't seen it yet. It's supposed to be very fun, uh, very ridiculous, very over-the-top, very, like, B-movie, which is right up my alley. Um, But... The creature is deemed to be uh, a gremlin, like from the movie Gremlins. Sweet! (laughs) So, naturally, I saw the movie uh, trailer and all this, and I was like, okay, World War II, gremlin creature, there's got to be some sort of connection here, historically, to be able to write a story like this. So I did some research. And... Stumbled across that there are multiple stories from the late 1800s to the 1950s and 1960s of gremlins uh, being reported in the planes of pilots during uh, World War II. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, So these are a couple of those stories. Uh, I'll start with the first ever written account of these strange creatures. This came from uh, The Spectator, which is uh, a a British newspaper. In the early 1920s, an article stated, quote, the Royal Naval Air Service in 1917 and the newly constituted Royal Air Force in 1918 appear to have detected the existence of a horde of mysterious and malicious sprites whose whole purpose in life was to bring about as many as possible of the inexplicable mishaps. No. So that is sort of the idea of a gremlin is something that causes mischief, which is the movie Gremlins that came out in the 80s. A bunch of creatures that cause mischief. Um... Many researchers source this particular account. Uh, there appears to be no known exact date for the publication that carried the story. There is certainly no doubt, however, that these bizarre creatures were a talking point of British pilots up until the mid-1940s as war raged. In fact, the spectator made another reference to gremlins, including a full description of them as 1.2 meter tall, which is 4 feet, creatures with large ears and large teeth. On January 10th, 1943. However, the article... Well, they fed them after midnight, obviously. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Uh, (laughs) The article may have been a joke or a reference to Walt Disney's plans to make an animated film about the mischievous little creatures, which never came to fruition. So that was the first first moment uh, of these specific creatures being referenced. And that was 1929. Or that was, sorry, the 1920s is when it was. And then the 1940s, we had some sort of things popping up. Um, Another that occurred. See, I thought the first gremlins, like, you know, in any kind of light was that Twilight Zone. Back in the day. On the the plane. Oh, yeah. Again, this is one of those things I, I never thought to look into it. Never even thought to make the connection. And then this movie comes out with Chloe Grace Moretz. I'm like, ah, there's got to be some sort of connection here. And then, boom, led me to this page of 10 of the most famous accounts of Gremlins. Wow. Which is insane. 
Um, so one of the other better known accounts concerning these apparently mischievous and vicious creatures during World War II occurred over the skies of Europe, which is funny that it has to do with your story. Uh, <laughs> as a pilot referred only as LW took his B-17 Flying Fortress on its latest mission. Out of nowhere, LW noticed a bizarre but menacing creature looking in at him from outside the plane. No. He soon noticed a second creature perched on the nose of the bomber. Oh, The description that he later gave would match completely that of other pilots of the era. The era. The creatures were around 1 to 1.2 meters, 3 or 4 feet tall, had lots of teeth, and on this occasion, had glowing red eyes. Nope. He would also note how their arms were disproportionately long. After coming to his senses, LW began to fly the B-17 erratically in the hope that the creatures would lose their grip, which they eventually appeared to, uh, although he could not see what became of them. It was only days later, as he listened to another pilot talking of seeing the same creature that LW decided to come forward and make a report to his superiors. Where do they go, Nick, when they fall off? Where do they go? Where do the gremlins go? I don't know. Uh-uh. I don't know. Uh-uh. They're actually a lot it's... bigger than I thought they were going to be. <laughs> yeah, that's why it's like the movie Gremlins. I think maybe they were two feet tall. If that. Maybe. But no, four feet. Nope. Long arms. Nope. Sharp teeth. Pointy ears. No. Pointy. <laughs> no way. And this story was another very famous story, which they're famous stories. Apparently, these stories are famous among those who, uh, among pilots all over the world. These are like legends that pilots tell each other. Um, standard airline pilots, uh, military pilots. It's just, if you're in that circle, these are the stories you hear, but I had never heard any of these before. Mm-mm. According to aviator Charles Lindbergh, who, complete, who completed his record-setting solo flight from New York to Paris in May of 1927, strange, transparent-like creatures who looked grim and menacing appeared and would move freely throughout the plane during his journey... Mm-mm. Nope, absolutely not. <laughs> Despite their appearance, he would also state that he never once felt frightened. <laughs> what? That doesn't yeah. that makes zero sense. There's one rule in this situation, and you're supposed to be frightened at least a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Just a tiny little bit. Uh-huh. Um much different from the other accounts of mischief and mayhem, Lindbergh instead wrote uh, of how he had conversations with these beings and described them as more spiritual than flesh and blood. He would also state that they spent hours talking to him, imparting upon him knowledge of a mystical nature. Perhaps bizarrely, given the claims he had just made, Lindbergh declared he didn't wish to elaborate on the content of this information, fearing ridicule. Okay. I'm so yeah. confused right now. So he's willing to say that there were spiritual gremlin-looking creatures that he was not afraid of in his airplane, but he could not go into what they spoke of because he thought people would think he was crazy, is what you just told me, right? Yes. Okay. Yep. yep. Gotcha. Exactly. As you might imagine, despite the popularity bordering on belief in gremlins at the time of Lindbergh's 1927 flight... Most people have since discounted his claims. Well. Like you do. Yeah. <laughs> Many have noted that these creatures didn't appear until Lindbergh was almost nine hours into his flight, which shows that the beings were most likely hallucinations yeah. brought about by the high altitude or even the sheer stress of the flight. You know, maybe he hadn't eaten, was a little dehydrated. Flying dehydrates you. Yeah. He was totally hallucinating. Not that I'm going to discount... All these other guys, but this guy, yes, absolutely. Yep. It is truly insane. And the last story um, that is pretty wild, this one happened in 1939, but it was published in the 1950s. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, it happened on a U.S. military cargo plane. The account was found in a San Diego newspaper by UFO researcher Jerome Clark. Um, and the, the newspaper was called Flying Saucer Review. Don't know how you can trust that, but <laughs> just do it for the sake of the story. Yeah. <laughs> Leaving San Diego and destined for Hawaii, the mission ran smoothly for several hour, hours until urgent distress calls came to the control tower. A short time later, 
Not sure how long, but it was a short time. The plane came back to its departure base to land. Once emergency crews gained entry to the aircraft, they discovered all the crew dead, each with gaping wounds to their bodies. The pilot was also dead. The co-pilot apparently survived just long enough to bring the plane home before dying minutes after landing. Even stranger... Each of the pilots had drawn their standard-issue service pistols. Each had also emptied their guns with spent shells found by their feet. Wait a second. So this shows up in, like, UFO Saucer magazine, but not in any major publications after these pilots were murdered. Sounds like by each other because all their bullets were... I... Wow. I have a lot of questions. I have a lot of questions on this. I want to know, were were there bullet holes in them? Were there bullet holes in the plane? Could all of these <laughs> potential <laughs> crew, did, did they know how to operate a gun? <laughs> um, <laughs> were the bullets I, actually no. fired? <laughs> all of them at the same time are like, oh, there's a gremlin in here. And then they just... <laughs> The clip falls out of their gun. The bullets go everywhere, and yeah, that's it. Now, what was the conditions of the bodies? They had holes in them. Were they bullet holes, or were they just like holes? Gaping wounds Gaping is what wounds. they said. Okay, so these gremlins eat people now. They're 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 you know their evolution cycle is moving really fast. It's very fascinating. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but apparently the whole rumor digging deeper into into what gremlins are, why they're so attached, like, they apparently thrive and hide in stowaway compartments. That's where they live. That's how they travel is they hide in stowaway containers. And a lot of the pilots or a lot of the, um, the, the planes that were flying during that period of time were military uh, planes and so they were hiding in the stowaway okay. and getting from place place to place that way and a lot of the airspace that was consumed in that time was by military or military planes so that's why between this time period of like the uh the late 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 1800s to like 1960 1970 that's why there was a lot of these sightings that were here but it's very, very interesting. Super and interesting. I was like, what is going on here? But every single one has to do with mi- like military plane. Military plane, across the board, all of them. Uh, and most of them were during uh, different wars throughout history. Uh, pre- they probably got their gremlin military ID. They're just trying to get you know a jump seat or something. Maybe there's a whole gremlin <laughs> militia. I don't know. I'm just trying to make shit up. Just trying to make it work because it's it's a tall tales, but I loved every single one of them. And honestly, I've heard over the years that gremlins were based on like accounts in the early like 1900s. I just didn't know exactly where they came from. Yeah, it's it's interesting, and it also feels too like there's a a a, a small portion of this that does feel like a tall tale, in that when things would happen. Um, when when engines would misfire, when engines would blow, when things would happen or malfunction on the plane, it's it kind of felt like a pilot, uh, not courtesy, but like a something that just like a pilot would say, but like, oh, it's the gremlins again. Yeah, like the yeah, gremlins yeah, yeah. did this to my plane, and that's just that I guess became a common thing as like almost like a gag where it's like there's one story where uh an engine blew on a plane an unknown force blew the engine the pilot jumped to safety and that's an account of a gremlin he's like oh it's the gremlins trying to sabotage my plane and then they come up with the the winning thing of eating people on one specific plane apparently the the wiring was not as tasty on that plane (laughs) As it was on all the others. That was it's, so super interesting, though, and I'm super excited about this movie. Yeah, I'm going to check the movie out. This so Hopefully by the time we podcast next week, I will have a full report. Uh, and hopefully some of the listeners will have a full report as well to post in the group. But um, yeah. it's available to rent. It's like $25 to buy, $20 to rent, because it's it was supposed to come out in theaters. Yeah. COVID happened. It didn't. 
Um, but apparently it's tons of fun, um, super wacky, and uh, a nice little little uh, gremlin creature feature that will provide more insight to these crazy accounts. So there you have it, kid. There's your homework for next week. Um, everybody, watch the movie. I probably will forget. I'm just going to be perfectly honest about that. And I'll be watching Don Wildman for the next mm-hmm. seven days, 24-7. <laughs> Got the but, Discovery Plus. Exactly. I do have some... Not some. I do have a listener story. It starts off, hi, Kitsy and Nick. I love your podcast and listen every week. So I don't think this qualifies as a haunting, but it is odd. Um, I love how she starts this because not everybody knows this. Depends on how young you are listening to the show. But phones used to hang on walls in everyone's kitchens in the 70s. I remember well. Uh, They had a lever on the side to turn ringers off. Since my dad worked, shift worked, midnights every three weeks, we shut ours off. Mom even put cotton balls inside the bells to make sure it made zero noise. She said, I slept in a bedroom at the farthest end of the house. One night I was sound asleep and was woken up by a voice telling me to answer the phone. I knew the voice. And I also knew she had just died. It was my grandmother. I got up and went to answer the phone, and it wasn't ringing. On the way, I stopped and woke up my mom and told her that her mom had passed away and that my Uncle Dean was on the phone. I then went to the kitchen and answered the phone and told my uncle that mom was coming. He was a little surprised that I had already known that my grandma had died because he had just gotten the call a few minutes before. Mom was confused because I woke her up out of a dead sleep and told her what was going on before I answered the phone that no one heard ringing. I, at 17, for some reason, just shrugged it off and thought shit happens and rolled with it. Uh, Grandma had a stroke a few years before and lived in a nursing home. She wasn't able to communicate. I figured it was her way of making sure we all got the message ASAP that she was gone whoa that's insane i mean i love the fact that she's just like oh you know i'm just gonna go back to sleep grandma died she woke me up to tell me here you go mom you deal with this and uncle dean (laughs) yeah that's but again i think like it's all about age right i think like age plays such a big part as far as like openness and things go because Like, the longer you are on this earth, the more time you have to, like, question things. Yeah. So I feel like as a kid, as a teenager, so 17, you haven't really had enough time to, like, question the right things. And everything just sort of feels like a joke. Everything just feels like, oh, yeah, you know, things happen. Or, oh, this is, ghosts aren't real. Oh, this isn't, this isn't that, you know. And then the older that you get, the more you look back on those things and be like, well, did something, is there more to it? It's like my life right now. I've got lots of time to think about things. I'm like, huh, I wonder if that was what it was. I did find the actual email. The email was from Denise. So, Denise, that was amazing. Thank you so much. I love it. Yeah, that was was great. Um, But, yeah, I I hope more stories like that are just, like, reminders to just kind of, like, Open your eyes a little bit more when things happen. Yeah. And and don't be afraid to dig in because maybe those answers that feel absurd or maybe the shoulder shrug you give it in the moment, maybe it's worth taking the path, the road less traveled yeah. and, and digging a little bit more. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I think I we know. just need to open our eyes a little bit more, be a little more present and notice the signs. If that makes any sense. Another life lesson from Kitsy. You guys, check out Discovery Plus. Make sure you watch that Cecil Hotel episode of Ghost Adventures. Zach Baggins has balls of steel. I would never play that that elevator game in the fucking Cecil Hotel. So good. Where does the new cool? Ghost on. Thank you. Oddity Files is part of the Just What I Needed network. We hope we're just what you needed. The podcast is brought to you by the Oddity Files TV show. Have you heard of it? Have you watched it? Head on over to Amazon Prime Video and check out Oddity Files. 
a three-season investigative paranormal show. Music provided by James Grice. Please support us via Patreon, patreon.com slash oddityfiles. Give a little, give a lot. It helps support the podcast. And we appreciate our producers, Donald Blanchflower, Doug Malden-Locke, and Ryan Hoke. We have a merch store. Can't get enough of Oddity Files? Wear us on your body. tpublic.com slash stores slash oddity dash files. Please support our partners. Every little bit helps. Rate, review, and subscribe, especially on Apple Podcasts. It's what helps us get the word out there. And you know, we can always use a new weirdo or two. Come hang out with us on our Facebook fan group. Just search Oddity Files fan group. All kinds of fun stuff. You can win things. You can read memes. You can buy cool shit. Thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate you more than you'll ever know. Okay, go. I'm done. What are you still doing here? Just get out of here. God, I love Ferris Bueller.